It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week, farming goes high-tech as we look at a new way to grow food and produce energy at the same time. It's called agrivoltaics, and during a recent online webinar produced by Green Energy Ohio, moderator and farmer Tony Logan explained how it works. It's the place where farming and solar energy come together, creating a synergy which can be beneficial both to the generation of solar energy from the solar panels above and to the operation of uh, compatible agricultural practices below the panels and enhanced soil health and soil carbon sequestration are also additional welcome benefits. Dan French is the founder and executive producer of the Solar Farm Summit, and he talked about the benefits of agrivoltaics using a project at the University of Arizona as an example. The energy benefits, we're talking about cooling by 9 degrees Celsius under the panels. So 9 degrees Celsius, that's over 20 degrees Fahrenheit. The food benefits, they actually tripled pepper production under the panels. They doubled tomato production under the panels. And the jalapeno peppers were kind of a wash. But the water benefits were extremely compelling and promising. The tomatoes only needed 30% less water while they doubled yields. And the peppers needed half as much water as they tripled yields. Um, when we're thinking about solving for abundance on a hotter, feistier planet, agrivoltaics seems to be like a pretty good adaptable solution to not just hold the line, but to increase production. He also talked about how it's being used in other countries. They're doing a lot of fruit. If you're not in the fruit business, you know, you're, you're tunneling, you're, you're netting, you're bagging every year. And so there's higher upfront costs maybe with building an agrivoltaics trellis but probably longer term savings. And of course you can see the temperature difference, 10 degrees Celsius cooler under the panels. So that microclimate is extremely powerful, both environmentally, economically, and environmentally. It's saving crops. Here's another Baywa project in the Netherlands where I lived and worked and uh, berries are sensitive. The wrong weather at the wrong time will kill a crop, but at a pilot that's been going for five or six years, they haven't lost a crop yet. And so that type of resilience makes bottom line difference right there. Forget about the electrons. Pears in Flanders. Raspberries and strawberries in Switzerland. Notice the transparent panels. They're going big in asparagus in France. <laughs> and also grapes in France. Now they take wine very seriously in France and they're not gonna put anything over the grapes uh, that would harm them. But these folks are actually improving the wine. It's variable shade. And so they're optimizing for the vines and giving them idyllic or more ideal conditions than they would get otherwise. And in Italy, it's saving citron because the planet is warming, the zones are moving north, and it's gotten the citron business has gotten very hard. It's hard to grow marketable produce in southern Italy. But these incredible guys, again, a recent article from this year, I encourage you to go find this from the BBC and read about, read about these trailblazers who are saving citron in southern Italy an ancient fruit. They take olives seriously in Italy, but there it is. And in Israel, another dry land environment, uh, you can see olives from our friends at Solar Geek. They're doing tomatoes as well. You saw the doubling of tomato production and where water is scarce, doubling tomato production, but using half as much water 
is a value proposition that is hard to ignore. Solar Edge has a lot of technology. Solar Edge and Solar Beak are actually working together uh, to scale massively in Israel, which is really leading the way with this innovation. Here in Ohio, Sarah Mosier is a farmer and also works for the Advanced Utility Scale Energy Storage Project Development Company, Savion, where she's Director of Farm Operations and Agrivoltaics. The farmers are getting the message. Uh, I had a trip out to John Deere where we were talking about agrivoltaics and the equipment needed for it. And one of the gentlemen brought up the concept that, hey, we used to judge how good a farmer you were by how many farm magazines you had sitting on the, the coffee table, right? And I had taken two with me. And, and the first one talks about your energy food nexus, right? Farmers are talking about food. This is progressive farmer here. And the second one was about a farmer, the Farm Journal, talking about a farmer that had gone all electric, bought a Tesla. He was pulling it, you know, pulling his uh, fertilizer tote there with his Tesla. And he has, you know, solar panels at the farm. So, you know, the message is getting out. I think the most important part of all of you being here and seeing all of the information that Dan was able to present is that agrivoltaics are real. They are happening. Um, you're seeing it on a on a smaller scale in a lot of places. You know, uh, my first thought is how the heck are we going to do 1,500 acres? Or in the case of of one of our projects, 6,000 acres. You know, that that's a lot of tomatoes, right? That's that's a lot of lettuce. And so, um, what what is, what Savion is doing is we partnered with the Ohio State University um, because Extension had an idea that hey hey alfalfa, some of the forage crops, soybeans, potentially corn, will all be something that we need to uh, generate through agrivoltaics, and we need to figure out if that's going to work as well. As a farmer, heck yeah, it's going to work. It's going to grow, right? It, 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 you, you see the grass in the ground. You, you know that it's going to grow. You just have to figure out how to get access to the sites. You have to figure out, you know, utility scale solar isn't thinking they're going to want a farmer out there farming between their panels. So what we're working on at Savion and, and my position specifically is to figure out the, the liabilities, the insurance, the legalities, the things that come into play to contract with local <laughs> farmers and allow them to be that person that comes out now and starts farming the solar site. Um, we we can modify it for regions. We can say, well, they're growing, you know, something here that they're not growing in Ohio or, you know, Arizona is very different than, and, and you're seeing around the world, the research that's being done. I just got back from Israel and, you know, they're using utility scale solar as a solution for climate change, for the, the direct heat that's, that's burning the plants up and they want to find a way to, to shelter the plants and give that shade that Dan was talking about. So, you know, it really is a solution moving forward. It's a smarter solution that, that we all here on this call are probably thinking, you know, why didn't we, we start with this a long time ago? But where you all come in is the policy, the conversation, the education. We need to make sure this message gets out. We need to stop, you know, um, worrying about, farmland out of production and realizing that, hey, with just 0.5% of the country's acres, we could power the entire country on renewable energy. How cool is that? You know, and so, so those are things that I'm teaching my dad, or actually my dad's teaching me. He was the first one to get solar on his house. And he, I think he had his uh, deposit in for the, the cyber truck, right? Like he wants to go Tesla. Um, he's one of those guys, but you know, the farmers are, are ready to figure out solutions. 
They're ready to, to try things on these sites. And what we need to do with our fellow industry people, the developers, the construction guys, is to teach them how to think like a farmer. They need to be realizing that, hey, if we do this to the ground, you know, it might not be able to grow a crop later. So we need to do it a different way. You know, we need we need trackers that that chase the sun, you know, and, and they can make it so that the resource is better because it's all going to come down to economics and yield and yield equals economics as well. So we have to turn that back into it making sense, which from the numbers Dan shows it pretty much does already. In addition, she says having the right equipment that can actually work in fields that are outfitted with solar panels is a challenge, but they're working on it. How do we get the best resource? Do we use vertical panels? Do we use transparent panels? Do we raise them up? Hey, that costs more money in steel, right? Or do we space the rows out? Right now we're seeing spacing in Ohio doesn't require that. I've got 17 foot spacing at Madison Field, bleeding edge to trailing edge. It's easy to get a piece of equipment down through there. You know, I can fit the stuff I have, some of the smaller stuff I have in the barn, you know, down through those aisles now. But when you're talking to Kubota and John Deere and they see how much this makes sense, they're talking about smaller equipment anyway, right? Soil compaction is an issue. We're getting bigger and bigger and more corporate. And and gosh, you can get a tractor now that costs a million dollars, Tony, a million dollars. That's crazy, right? So you can get something smaller. And if that's going to work for farmers everywhere and also on agrivoltaic sites, it, it's a win-win, right? So, so that's what we're looking at. That's what we're trying to bring together. And besides new equipment, you're going to need new people with new ideas and new training. Dan French. But all the young farmers... You know, we, we need the universities to start plugging people in. And we really do need to train a new generation of people to work in rural lands. Fancy, fancy ranch hands, digital ranch hands. That was Dan French, founder and executive producer of the Solar Farm Summit. We also heard from Sarah Mosier with Savion and panel moderator Tony Logan, who's a farmer in Trumbull County and who was the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Ohio Rural Development Director from 2009 to 2016. Thanks to them for sharing their expertise with us today and also to Green Energy Ohio for making them available. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy. And we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR. Brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.